essentially copy is simply the words that sell. So any word that you write for your business intending to either sell in the moment or create, right, like brand awareness that leads to a sale is considered copy. Hey there, sister. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I am on a mission to help mompreneurs like you ditch the Instagram overwhelm and take control of your time on the app and build an extraordinary brand and business, but still be fully present with your family and just be crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with Instagram strategies, marketing hacks, branding and business tips with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, you know what to do. Hand your kiddos those tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. And today I'm excited. I have my guest, Emily Conley here today, and we are going to get into copy. And trust me, by the end of this episode, you are no longer going to look at your copy as just boring English 101. You are really going to fine tune your personality and you are going to know how to write your copy, not only for social media, but for your website and your landing pages and your emails. That way everything just flows and fits together. So I know that was a very long-winded intro, but welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Um, also, it sounds amazing. I'm so excited to jump into everything we have to talk about today. I am too. And I think this is, you're very passionate about copy and writing. And I'm very passionate about overall content, but not only that, but making it fun and helping people just kind of put their personality into it. But before we get to my questions, because I'm super excited, tell us a little bit about like your background. How did you get into copywriting? And then what is, who was like your ideal client? Oh yeah. Great questions. Okay. So I'll try to keep this story short. It's a very <laughs> long winding path that brought me here, but, um, I'll give you the highlights. So I studied PR and journalism in college. So that was my, um, degree. And so I always wanted to be a writer. Um, I wanted to write, I wanted to work for a newspaper and, um, I graduated college about, well, not about at the exact time that all newspapers across America basically were like (laughs) shut down. Like we no longer have full-time staff. So it was a great time. Um, and anyway, I ended up becoming a teacher instead that was an adventure. And I, um, have done a lot of different jobs. I was a coach at one point, like a student success coach and kind of went all over the place. Um, and then basically found myself, I had been living in Australia with my husband. Um, we moved to Sydney in 2016 for his job and I had my daughter there, um, in 2018. And so I had like a three month old baby and we moved back to the U S so I had, this tiny baby. I was a brand new first time mom and I had no job. And I was like, what do I do? Um, and I was just kind of like reaching out to friends and saying like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm looking for something. And I had a friend who was an editor at a wedding magazine in Chicago. And she said, Hey, we're looking for someone to write a like monthly blog. Um, is that something you'd want to do? yeah, I love writing. Like, sure. I don't really know a ton about blogs, but whatever. Um, (laughs) 
And I started doing it and it grew. Like I ended up basically running like the digital marketing for the wedding magazine um, after about a year and a half. And I was doing all kinds of copywriting. Um, I did not know that I was very familiar with copy editing. I had worked as a copy editor, like on the copy desk at a newspaper. So that was very familiar, but copywriting I was doing and I didn't know that I was doing it, um, which was really funny. And so anyway, long story, they ended up getting acquired. I was like, well, I got to find my own clients. I guess I'm a copywriter. Um, And that was, you know, three and a half years ago. And here we are today. That's awesome. And isn't it just how funny how life works? where it kind of just comes full circle because as you were talking about your background, I'm shaking my head because I was the same way. Like I went to college for mass communications with an emphasis in visuals, then graduated, then got like a boring marketing job for the bank industry. (laughs) Not very exciting. (laughs) Then got pregnant. Then I thought, oh, I want to be home with my babies and I don't want to be in corporate. So I'm going to go get a teaching job. I did the same thing. Found out that's not for me. I love that the kids were fine. It was the parents and all the paperwork and just the administration. Not for me, full circle, doing what I'm doing now. And I'm going, wow, I'm back to the whole communications content marketing. So it's just funny how everything just makes a full circle. Of course, all those experiences really lead you to what you're really good at and what you're passionate about. And you're very passionate about copy, but I think majority of my audience, a lot of people out there, maybe even new listeners, when they think of the word copy, and I'm raising my hand here, it takes me back to my freshman year of grammar 101, parts of speech. Where do I put my period? Do what, you know, do we double space now between periods in the next, you know, sentence? Like I, I, I hear that that's no longer the case. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. (laughs) I was taught that in high school. That's a rule that you follow. So I want you just to kind of break it down when it comes to copy for our businesses, no matter if we're showing up on social media, our websites, our emails, what is copy? I love this question. And I love this is where you're starting because I think you're absolutely right. Most of us default to, yeah, those terrifying. I, so I have a master's degree in literature and I'm a giant nerd when it comes to like anything English related. So I was the person who loved like diagramming the most complicated sentence on the board. That was like my favorite thing to do. (laughs) I'm one of those weirdos, but so yeah, you can, actually, you can pick up the preposition, right? Oh, no I problem. definitely can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, we're like, doing that right yes. now with my son and he's like, I don't care. Like, and I'm like, I get it. I get it, buddy. But you've got to know what prepositions are for your freshman right. year. <laughs> you do have to learn that. But yeah, I think we, a lot of us like default there. Right. So like most people don't enjoy that. Um, most people feel like, you know, oh, I, I hear all the time from people like, I'm not great at spelling. I'm not great at grammar. And like, to be perfectly frank, that has nothing to do with copy. Um, we actually break the rules all the time. Um, great copy very often has like incomplete sentences. We start sentences with, but, and, and, and all of that stuff. Like we break all of the rules because essentially copy is simply the words that sell. So any word that you write for your business intending to either sell in the moment or create, right, like brand awareness that leads to a sale um, is considered copy. So it really is. um, And there's a difference, right? Content. um, A lot of what we create on Instagram is more content-based. A lot of blogs are more content-based. 
that differentiation doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, we're writing words for our business and we're bringing our brand voice and our personality to those. So I see, I know sometimes people get really caught up. They're like, oh, what's copy and what's content? And I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Like for all intents and purposes, like plenty of copywriters write content. Um, so you can go both ways, but yeah, it's the words that sell. I love that. And I think too, like you need copy for your content. Absolutely. Yeah. Like some people can differentiate it. Like you can have your visual content, but most likely those visuals, if, if you're using graphics, there's going to be copy on the visuals. And couldn't you even say that if people are like, oh, video content, but you're, you're verbalizing your copy when you're Absolutely. speaking. So like you said, copy and content kind of go hand in hand. So now that we understand that it's the words we're using to make sales, that is our copy. So the words that we use really matter. So how do we add, I think this is the biggest part where you're going to stand out in sales. How do we add our personality to our copy? And I I guarantee a lot of my audience right now is going, I don't really have a personality. I'm so quiet or I'm shy or I'm an introvert. I'm not outgoing like all the other people I see on Instagram, the highlight reel, right? But how do we add our personality to our copy? Yes, this I could talk about all day. I think this is where we (laughs) converge in like the fun and personality space, right? I think we have very similar um, like prioritization for this, right? Um, You and I do. And I think this is something that can feel, so what you just said, I'm quiet, I'm shy, I'm reserved. I equals, I don't have a personality. Um, And something I am on my soapbox about all the time and I will never stop talking about is that your personality is unique and is your superpower. So I'll give an example. I worked with a client who was very reserved. She was thoughtful. She was decisive and she was, she had a quiet voice and a quiet demeanor. And so we were working on a brand message project, brand messaging project. And she was like, you know, I really just need to figure out how to be more bubbly. Like I need to be, I need to bring more energy to my copy. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, like, I just, I feel like I'm boring. I feel like I'm boring. That's what she told me. Right. And so it's funny. Cause I was actually a client of hers before I started working with her. And I was like, tell me about your ideal client, right? Like, who are you working with? And she was like, well, people like you. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? And what she was, she was kind. So she didn't say it this way, but like, kind of messy, kind of chaotic, like very creative, right? So she did systems. She created Dubsado like workflows and automations and systems and was, her work was incredibly detail oriented. And so what I had, the conversation I had to have with her was that basically I'm not looking for someone like me to solve that problem, right? Like if you bring all this energy and bubbly and like you're over the top, like that's not instilling confidence in me. I am looking when it comes to systems and automations and detailed things. I worked with you because I was drawn to your, your like quiet, decisive, like thoughtful demeanor. Like I was, that was very appealing to me and it made me have more faith in what you were doing. Not that you have, right. There's no one way to show up, but like that's who, and she was drawing in people like me because of who she was. And so she wanted to change the thing that was working best for her. 
And she didn't realize that. And so then we were able to write, like kind of walk through that together. And she embraced her, you know, her actual energy and her personality. Um, and I think felt a lot more confident about showing up with that. So there's no right personality. Um, but when we bring it to our copy, there's a lot of really easy ways to do that. GIFs and memes are actually one of my favorite things to mm -hmm. do. So you can pick people sometimes will just like, right, use anyone they can find. I actually recommend like putting a little thought into this and picking either characters who reflect your, right, maybe you're like super organized. So you share a lot of like Monica Geller gifs like oh I'm clean like right like maybe that's the connection or maybe it's the sense of humor for me like I share a ton of Shits Creek gifs in my uh, my emails because my brand voice is like sarcastic and kind of direct and like the humor matches my brand voice right so like those are a perfect fit um so you actually can like something as simple as that can really help people connect with you um the main thing is really just and everyone hates this advice because it's like, how do I do it? But like writing, like you talk. Yeah. So there's so many, there's so many places to go with that. But I think one is like getting clear on your core values. So when you know what drives you, um, when you know, and there's no right, right. Like core values. And you can really only have like I say you can cap it at five and that's being very generous. I think mm -hmm. three is like a better place to be. Um, all of the, right. Like you can't have all, like you cannot have a core made up of all of the values out there. So whatever those things are that are most important to you. So if like compassion, that is what drives you. Like my core value, right. Is compassion. I need to, in my copy, show that I need to speak with compassion. I need to make sure that the tone of most of what I'm saying is compassionate and is helping people connect, right? Like I'm building out that feeling that is really important to me based on those core values. So I do think when it comes to personality, I know I've been a little all over the map. This is me showing up in my authentic personality. <laughs> um, I do think like rounding it in those core values is the best place to start um, yeah, using GIFs, being conversational, writing to one person. So I always tell people like, I know it, it's very common to have like an avatar, right? Like an ideal client avatar, whatever you call that, which is really helpful. But when you're writing, pick a real person, mm -hmm. a real person that you have. And if you have never worked with someone, think of someone that you actually know that you would like to work with. And then once you have had one ideal client, write to that person. So I have an actual person and I use her name often behind the scenes when I'm writing and I write like I am sitting down right at Starbucks and like having a conversation with her. How would I tell her this? What would I say? What jokes would I make? Like, and it very much takes all of the, I'm talking to a hundred people. I'm talking to a thousand people. That is where we get overwhelmed, right? Like, well, they all think this is funny. How do I appeal? And when you try to appeal to everyone, that's when you end up dialing everything back and being super vanilla and generic and taking all personality out of it because, right, personalities are like magnetic, but they're also like it goes both ways. You attract and you repel um, and that can feel really scary. And so we are like, I don't want to repel anyone. So I'm just not I'm going to take all personality out of it. And that's I think writing to one person takes that fear out. So I want to recap. First, you want to begin with your core values. 
Yes. And you want to use your core values in your writing, incorporate it. Secondly, think of your ideal audience and that one person. So think of a past client, current client, write to that person. And then third, infuse something that is authentic about you. So you were talking about the Shit's Creek. You love that show. You use the gifts, the memes. My audience knows that I absolutely love the Marvel movies and I am a nut when it comes to Loki. I infuse Loki into all of my copy, all of my marketing, and they know my tagline, don't be like Loki, right? You can love him in the movies. You can love his villainous ways and he's a trickster and he manipulates and you can, you know, but don't be like that when you show up online. Don't be a trickster. Don't manipulate. So they, they see that, right? I mean, I just love the Marvel movie. That's part of my personality. Okay. I am a a Marvel nerd. I love sitting down and watching movies with my kids and I kind of root for the villain. I'm like that weirdo who always goes, what would a movie be like if the villain would win and the heroes wouldn't? Like I'm just (laughs) that kind of person. My audience has learned that. And that's the other thing too. You're not going to nail this with one piece of copy. No, this is done over and over and try to make it as natural. I think too, don't force it. So if you need to get an email out and you know, that personality just, just jumping out at you, don't give yourself grace. Like it's okay. I don't send every email and every piece of copy out there with Loki. Right. Right. (laughs) I infuse it throughout my stuff here and there. So I think those are the three main things where they need to start with core values, your ideal audience. And then what is something that you just kind of like love? What is something about you that stands out? Maybe you're a crazy like Dunkin' Donuts kind of person and you drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee every day and there's one way you order it. How easy would that be to incorporate into your, you know, like I can already think of taglines, like you're running on Duncan, your ideal audience needs to run on this from you. Like something like that, you know, how yeah. easy that is to work that in. So I know that we are getting really close to Black Friday and the holiday season. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking that I want to have some sales or I want to have some deals. So how do we differentiate ourselves during the Black Friday holiday season with our words? It's so great. Um, so I think Black Friday can be overwhelming, right? We're like, mm-hmm. everyone's doing it. It's oversaturated. Um, and like, yeah, a lot of people have Black Friday deals. Yes, they can be oversaturated. Like not oversaturated. It is saturated. There's a lot of people out there doing it. And like, that means you should be out there doing it too, right? So like, don't right. let that stop you if you're like, oh, I can't do this, right? Um, I think when it comes to standing out, a little thought and a little reflection actually is the best way to start. So I recommend whatever you're going to offer, doesn't matter what it is. Um, sit down. And if you don't like journaling, you can talk it out in like a voice note um, or record it and do like a transcription. I recommend writing it. There's something about like physically, like either writing on paper or typing it out that helps your brain. Um, but think about these things like how, how is my process different than other people's? This is a step a lot of people, everyone's like, oh, my thing's the same, but actually you do one really unique thing, right? Maybe you record like a loom video to walk people through it at the end. And that's not something most people are doing. Maybe you like have really, really 
like great communication throughout. Maybe they get like some bonus resource that you've just, you just send. It's like, oh, it's part of it. And you never have talked about that. Think about the process and write down all the ways that like it's unique or special or just matters. Um, So after you think about the process, I think also write down anything you can think of. And this can be hard. We're very hard critics of ourselves, but how are you uniquely suited to do what you're doing? So maybe you're offering a course and you're like, oh my gosh, like 45 people are selling the same course. 10,000 people are selling courses, right? Like it, it feels really overwhelming. But if you think about it and you're like, oh, actually I have 15 years of experience, like on the other side of this um, topic that I'm teaching and I have a teaching background. Most people out there selling courses, if you've taken some, you know, like (laughs) just because you're good at something doesn't always mean you're good at teaching that thing. Right. So think about what you uniquely bring, or maybe you're just really fun. Maybe like you make learning, right. Like that's actually a big selling point for me is like, I make learning fun. And if you're having a hard time, I will say, if you're having a hard time coming up with how, like, no, I'm just the same. I'm not doing anything different. Look at your client reviews, go through and look at see what your clients who have actually worked with you say, because, you know, I know for a fact, like when I look at my reviews, it's like, Emily made this so much fun. We were laughing on the call. It was so easy. It was fun. It was light. Like those are words that my clients use over and over and over again. So if you can't come up with it yourself, go to your clients, let them tell you and pull out those specific words. And then that's what you're going to highlight. So instead of being like, oh, just another course, right? And here's the things it does. And here's the features. And this is the one thing it'll help you do. Instead of focusing on that, focus on how it's different and how you make it different, right? Um, find, Find the words from your clients, from yourself, whatever it is, and focus on that because then you're going to stand out. Um, Outside of that, also, I think just do things that feel more fun. Um, I did a Black Friday email sequence for a client one year that was like, um, it was, it was like, it had this whole theme to it, right? And it was different and it was fun. And we like went full in on this like theme and it was a little over the top and people loved it because it stood out. Um, So outside of like, what is actually like the actual selling features, right. Of your, of your offer. Um, I think like being willing to lean into it, like for you, right. If you wanted to have like a whole Marvel themed black Friday offer, where like you're posting different, like things from the, from the movies and like relating them back to what your offer does. And you're like doing all of this, like have fun with it. Tell, I don't know, tell people like, why not to buy? That's my favorite email to send 10 reasons. This black Friday offer is not for you. And then, I mean, they're usually like, you know, reverse psychology mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah, right. But some of them are real, right? Like, oh, you're not ready for this if whatever. People are very into that. So I think embracing the fun, like Black Friday can be really fun um, and leaning into whatever that feels like to you. What feels fun? What feels exciting? What email would you want to open? What social media caption would you want to read? Um, and stop stressing out about the like, features of your offer and like all that, like that's a, that information needs to live somewhere. We will need to know what they're buying, but like, that's not what's going to help you stand out on black Friday. I love that. And another thing I just thought of too, for our listeners, check out national holidays. There's, there's like one every day, right? Yes. Pick some fun ones. Like I know for, and this is going to be after the fact, but 
back in October, October 21st is back to the future day. I use that as an opportunity to push a summit. So I said, you know, while you're watching back to the future, let's get back to business. And this is what you're going to learn. And it's going to get you back on track so much faster. Like, how fun is that? And I had a gif of the doc, you know, doing something like it was fun. And that's how I use national holidays. And I do that a lot. I will just look at the whole list of the month and pick ones that I like or go, Ooh, how can I infuse that with my business? How can I make it fun? So get yourself a national holidays calendar and just start, start there. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great, yes, that's a great um, strategy. And I think it is, it's like, you don't have to use, you know, like you don't have to do the thing like Mark. I know like national margarita days. Like I always see people posting about that one, but if you don't like margaritas or that's not interesting to you, then like, don't Don't do it. it. Find the thing there is, like you were saying, there is a national holiday for everything. (laughs) Like you can find your interests. And I think that too, it feels like there are some interests that are just more like I don't know, acceptable than others. Like, oh, that's really popular. Um, But like, maybe I'm into like something a little bit more niche or a little bit more like, I don't know, avant-garde or something that's not quite so popular, but like tell people about it, share about it. Like you, I love, I love learning new things. And so when people are like teaching me, right. About like, I had a client one time who was like teaching me about um, this like special way, like grinds his espresso bean. Like I'm very into coffee. And it was like, Oh no, no, no. You got to do this hand grinding thing. And like these special beans, I was like telling me this whole thing. And I was like, well, this is fun and interesting. Like I'm into (laughs) this. Um, and we were actually able to like work that into their copy, right? Like making little mentions. And that's what it is. Like, it's very small things. Like the personality feels really overwhelming, but like, it's very small. It's making a reference here or there. It's bringing in, connecting what you're doing, what you're selling to something that is interesting that you are into, that you think your people might be into. Um, and yeah, most of it, I mean, there's only so many ways to sell something, right? So like right. we do use a lot of the same words. Like we talk about benefits, we talk about transformations, like that is part of it. Um, so yeah, the personality is really like, I don't know, the icing on the cake or like the pretty wrapping that makes people want to get into it, right? What's inside is what matters. And I do tell people this all the time. Like the best copy in the world isn't going to sell like the wrong offer. So if you're not, if you don't have a great solid offer and you're not clear on who you're talking to. So if you don't know your audience and you're not selling the right thing, copy isn't your problem. So don't get stressed out about it there. Um, But when you have a great offer, and you know who you're talking to, like, yeah, copy and personality. That's what gets people to open it. And then they get to experience all your goodness once they're inside it, but we have to make it pretty for them to be interested. in. I love that too. And another way to think about personality, it's also your relatability. I get that feedback because there's a lot of people that do what I do. Why do they choose to work with me? Because a lot of times I'll get the feedback. Oh, I just, she related to me like the everyday mom life. And, you know, I was really into Instagram and now I'm like, oh, I can't stand it. Like the news feed just changed today. Now it's back to the square mode. It was portrait mode. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, so they just relate to me because I just kind of like roll it off my shoulders because I'm like, well, I don't care. That's not reality. I got to take care of my family. So there's that relatability. So how can you relate? How does your life, your everyday life relate to your ideal audience? And that's another way to infuse your personality. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff too can feel, I think sometimes we're like, oh, I'm, there's nothing special. Right. But it's like, it doesn't have actually like relatability, right. Is, Mm -hmm. is relatable because it's a shared experience. So like, if you have a dog, if you have plants, if you drink coffee, if you have kids, if you wear a messy bun in your hair, like these are all very basic, but like very relatable things yes. that you can just talk about. Um, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. I think I see that with my clients a lot. They're like, I'm just so boring. Like, no, I don't, I don't go skydiving. I haven't traveled the world. And it's like, yeah, most people haven't done those things. So like, it's <laughs> not what we're looking for. Right. It's a lot more relatable to talk about like, you know, being late to pick up your kid from preschool because you just had to have your like pumpkin cream cold brew. Like that is much more relatable than like, oh, I jetted off to Argentina or whatever. Right. Like, right. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It does not have to be fancy and it does not need to be impressive Um, or perfect. I think a lot of times, right. We want to have this very polished, perfect, like there's even that curated messiness that's really popular on Instagram where it's like, oh, I'm a hot mess. But really you have like a full face of makeup and, <laughs> and like a perfectly like arranged messy desk where you're like, wait, what? My yeah, messy no. desk does not look like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that curated imperfection, I think is hard. That's harmful. And I think too, as small business owners um, and entrepreneurs, we see a lot of like, influencers. Right. And I think we tend to feel like we have to show up like an influencer, but if that's not your job, like I have, I don't know, 2000 Instagram followers of a very small audience. And I have a like multiple six figure business because like that wouldn't work. If I was an Instagram influencer, I would be bad at my job with a 2000 person <laughs> audience. Like I would not be making money. Right. Right. Because their job is different. And so I think we feel a lot of that pressure to do all these things. And it's like, no, no, you're not, that's not your job. That is someone else's job. But if your job is to sell an offer or a service or a product, like that's what you need to be focusing on. So you don't have to have all the I don't know. That's a whole other tangent, but anyway. No, very good point. I'm glad you brought that up because we do have a tendency to compare our content or our copy to other people, but you have to go back to like, what is your focus and what is your true job? And I'm, so I'm glad that you pointed that out. Now, my last question to you, because our ultimate goal of our copy is to make the sales. So how can we as business owners, how can we do a better job with our copy because it will impact our sales? Yeah. Um, one is plan. So instead of sitting down, here's what everyone does. Oh, I'm launching a new offer or I'm opening my course or I'm doing whatever. I need to write some social media captions and you sit down and you just start writing them. Well, what happens is like, your brain, you have a lot of thoughts. Things are probably somewhat cluttered. If you're in my brain, super cluttered. (laughs) There's a lot going on and that comes out. So we write like kind of messy and disjointed and we change, like we change focus and, and it results in this clunky, like hard to read copy, right? Um, because it's all, that's how it's in our brain. So give yourself five minutes write everything down that's in your head. So like, just get it out on paper. You're not going to use it 
It's not, no one's going to see it. You're not going to get a grade on it. Like stream of conscious, just put everything down that you're thinking and then just put that aside. Like, I don't, I have a, like a whole notebook. I just write it in and then I just turn the page and I never look at it. Like it just gets it out and then decide before you ever start writing, what is the goal for what I'm about to write? Whether that's a headline on a sales page, a description on a landing page, a social media caption, an email, tiny copy, a whole full thing. You have to know what your goal is. What is my goal? And you can only have one. You can only have one goal. So like you Mm -hmm. can't have 15. So like I see that with sales emails, right? A ton. People try to put all like, I'm going to send this email and I'm going to put everything in it. And it's like, no, 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 no scale way, 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 way back. And maybe my goal for this first email is that people know I have a new offer. That is my goal. So that is what I'm going to focus on. So if you can write down, I do this still, like I, I, for every social media caption I write for every email, I physically write down my goal is, and I write down what it is. And then after I'm done writing, I read that, I read what I wrote and I read what I said my goal was. And I'm like, did I accomplish it? And I'll be honest, sometimes, no, I lost my way. And then that's when I know to go back and edit. And I'm like, oh man, I said, my goal was to like build excitement. And then I just turned in this email into like a fear-based, you know, Mm. like, oh, I'm scaring people. And it's like, my goal was for them to be excited. So I did not accomplish that. I'm going to try again. Um, So I think, yeah, getting everything out of your head, having a goal um, and just focus on the value and the benefit and the transformation and less on the features. Um, We spend all of our time creating the features as the business owner, right? If it's a new service, you spend all of your time thinking about like how it's structured, what they get, what the timeline is. And that's where all of our attention goes, right? So then when we talk about them, that's what we want people to know. That's a 90 minute call and you get X, Y, and Z. And there's all these features and you get boxer follow-up and all these things. And we forget to tell people why any of that matters. Um, So people aren't going to buy your offer because they get, you know, seven days of Voxer follow-up support. They're going to buy your offer because of what it will do for their business or their life. Um, And so when you really focus on the benefits, how is this going to change you? The benefit of the benefit, that's like a superpower, right? So like, um, oh, the benefit is that they're going to save time okay, but why? What's the benefit of saving time for your specific audience? Like, oh, well, they'll feel more rested. Okay, great. What's the benefit of that? What does being more rested do for your audience? It's like they feel like charged, fueled to spend time with their family, which is really what matters. Great. Talk about that. Don't tell them you're going to save them time. Tell them they're going to be more present with their family. Those are two very different things, right? And so we're emotional people. We buy based on emotions. Some of us more than others. I'm like a marketer's dream, very emotional when it comes to decision making. <laughs> um, but when people, they like, we know what we're looking for, right? So like, if I'm looking for a health coach and someone tells me like, I'll help you lose 20 pounds, like yeah, on the surface, maybe that's what I want. But what I really want and what I'm going to be drawn to is the person who tells me, I'm going to help you feel more confident. I'm going to help you prioritize your own health. I'm going to help you um, love the body that you're in, right? So those are two very different things. Um, and when you know what your audience is really looking for and you can speak to those benefits, that's when we have those, like what I call effortless sales. 
it's not that you're not putting effort into it. That's a lie. All sales takes a lot of effort, but the effort is in the research and the copy and putting it all together and the promotion and like, right. Like the content marketing, that's the effort. The effort isn't in making the sale because when the person reads and they see, this is exactly what I'm looking for. That's pretty much a no brainer. They're like, yeah, sign me up. That's awesome. That was such a great explanation of it. And I know for sure that my audience is definitely going to want to learn more from you. And I know you have the three essential copywriting skills, correct? So I know my audience definitely are going to want to download that. So where can they find you and find your work? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Emily writes. Well, um, I'm pretty active in stories. I'm I'm working with a marketing director, so I'm better at showing up just in general, which is really exciting. Um, and then my, in, or, so that's my Instagram. And then my website is emilywritesville.com. Um, I have, yeah, I love a good freebie. I have a lot of them. So if you're like looking for free resources, that's the place. Um, on my website, I have a digital copy shop that is all like very low ticket, accessible, really awesome value packed, like DIY copy things. So if you're not in the market or you're not looking to work with a copywriter um, and you want to learn the skill yourself, or you want to just like get enough help to be able to do something. um, I've got uh, sales pages, emails, website, copy, all of that covered um, with some really fun. Yeah. uh, Digital products, but that's where I am. I'm mostly on Instagram um, and then also in my email. So if you want to download the um, it's like a fun 30 minute training, um, the three essential copy skills. So you actually like learn them. People are always like, just tell people the, what don't tell them the how. And I'm like, eh, I'm a rebel. I break all the rules. Like I'm literally <laughs> telling you how to do things. Um, and that if you sign up for that, you'll be part of my email community. And that's probably where I spend, like, that's where I share my best tips. Awesome. Thank you. And I will make sure that everything is in the show notes in this conversation today had a plethora of golden nuggets. So I'm really excited, excited for my audience to dig in. So thank you again, Emily, for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I can't thank you enough for listening today and supporting this show. The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you, I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyinsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.